Jad Wayne, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I've known Jad for how many years now? Probably a couple years, I'd say. Almost a decade, maybe. Coming up on a decade. Coming yeah. up on a decade. So, what? 2012. I guess yeah. So two years shy of a decade. Yeah, yeah. So how did I meet you? I met you through my cousin Nassim, and you guys went to UIT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we to school together. We were in the same faculty for engineering, mm -hmm. and uh, he was my roommate for three, or three, four years. How was that? <laughs> man, 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 man. Never a dull moment with him. Never a dull moment. He had, like, this energy, this, like... Still does to this Still day. does, man. He has that, that, that happy, oh, yeah, let's do it. Like, mm -hmm. no matter how bad things were, we always had a smile on our face. So he, he had that, and I think it carried on to me, and... That translates to us going out so much more, one mm -hmm. story after another, and you know mm -hmm. the stories we've had, so. Right. So, you are, what's your background? So, From I am Lebanese. Lebanese. Lebanese, born, raised in Toronto. Toronto? Yes, okay. sir. City kid to the core. Nice. So, I love the city. There's nothing well, whereabouts in Toronto have you been raised? Like, you so, I up? was born Mount Sinai Hospital. Mm -hmm. Um... Currently live in Mississauga. Mm -hmm. Lived in the heart of downtown Toronto for about five, six, eight, six years. Six mm -hmm. years. And uh, right now I'm back in Mississauga. And because I work, still work as a bartender, mm -hmm. I uh, I still come to Toronto, but my day job is in Burlington. Okay. And so the commutes in the so living in Mississauga just makes sense because it's in the middle. Mm -hmm. So just out of curiosity, your parents were they how when did they come to Canada and like uh, I, were they already here for a while or? so they they were here for a while before I was raised I think but I don't remember when they moved here exactly but they mm -hmm. moved, first moved to Boston mm -hmm. for schooling then schooling they moved here okay. and, and et cetera et cetera so as as to when they moved here I don't remember okay so. And then do you have siblings? I have a younger brother, yes. Two years younger than me. Nice. Ryan. Ryan. I think I've met Ryan a you couple have, of you times. You have. When, uh, back in our heyday when we used to go out all the time. <laughs> I'd uh, bring him out with us as well. So so growing up in Toronto, lifestyle-wise, doing what you're doing right now, so what exactly do you do career-wise? So right now, I work for a company called Everts, and what we mm -hmm. do is we provide end-to-end -end video solutions, whether it be hardware or software. Mm -hmm. And essentially, we're a tech company that really tailors to, right now, mostly broadcasting companies. Okay. So what I do specifically is I design an orchestration system mm -hmm. that integrates all the surrounding other products and systems right. to a touchscreen where okay. an operator can monitor feeds, um, react, graphic insertion, and, and a lot of the stuff. So a lot of the big companies that are big content you see on TV, so CNN, mm -hmm. HBO, mm -hmm. uh, NBA Live, like those are some of the networks that I work with right now. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what we can do. So it's more on the content delivery side, not so much the, the production itself. So what is your job entail? Like what's your day-to-day? -day? Like what exactly do you do when you go into work? that caters towards so uh i do it's on a project 
level. Okay. So not so much by an individual product or space. So I, my my day entails meetings with the customer, mm-hmm. uh, meetings with my dev team, um, following up on issues uh, on a product. So mm-hmm. the best way to look at something, the simplest uh, example is um, let's take your phone. Mm-hmm. Your phone, for example, you know how you have an upgrade on it right. that would resolve certain issues. Mm-hmm. Same deal when you deal with certain products that we deal with, mm-hmm. right? So what it comes down to is, do we have the right documentation? Did we find the issue? Can we replicate the issue? And then we go from there. So a lot of the stuff that I do right now is software. Okay. So behind the back end programming aspect of More things? More or less, yes. And then, did you always know that you were going to end up in that field, or? Honestly, no. Um, <clears throat> I went to school for energy systems engineering. Okay. So you deal with a lot of renewable uh, energies. It's more it's more mechanical per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I finished school, um, I started the job hunt. But to be very honest, when for someone like myself, uh, I've been working in the bar industry for so long. Mm-hmm. You needed a change of pace because you knew it was the unhealthy. bar industry is like being a bartender. Bartender, nice. uh, uh, busser, bar back, okay. you name it. I pretty much played mm-hmm. the role, but it was just you want to. Sti- I want stability and something more consistent. Mm-hmm. Not coming home at five in the morning, drunk, or how the hell did I get home? Right. So, so I applied to um, a company called Everts, and uh, and from there. Um, everything translated to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked. What worked in my favor is the gentleman that did hire me. He, I'd see him come to a club that I used oh, to work okay. at, Wildflower. And that was my way of networking. Mm-hmm. So if I saw somewhere in the engineering wing, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to talk to him. Can <laughs> <laughs> you get in touch with him? So you got in touch with that guy. And then how long ago was that? So it would be two years, mm-hmm. uh, April 8th. Okay. I'd be with the company. Right. Uh, I, when I first started the company, I was an application technologist mm-hmm. for compression equipment. So the simplest way to think about compression is, uh, you know, when you have a folder, you have to zip it to make it smaller to send it. Same right. deal with video, mm-hmm. right? We That's how companies like save money, essentially, because... Mm-hmm. Transmitting data or video costs money. So right. we want to, for this much bandwidth, we as much content as you can get. Mm-hmm. So that's compression, like in the simplest terms. Mm-hmm. So I was at, I did that for about nine months, and then I found myself at a standstill because the gentleman that did hire me, he had left. Mm-hmm. He was my, um, and I'm still good friends with him. Um, but I felt there was no room for me to grow. Um, I felt like the management that I had at the time weren't enabling me to grow so i did a department switch to projects so okay. project engineer and it was just from there on in it's like i've never seen so much growth in myself because it's fast-paced because okay. you're dealing with enterprise level customers that need stuff now and i learned mm-hmm. real quick mm-hmm. that broadcasting was 24 7 right. it was it was that apparent because they need things done on the fly and and uh, I like working under pressure, so mm-hmm. things are going well with me right now. And yeah, you've, I see that you travel a lot too, like with what you yeah. So when you think about it, like in, in terms of content on TV, so when it comes to the Netflixes, the Disney Plus, CNN, mm-hmm. uh, PBSs, all those major networks, they're hosted in North America. 
in, in the states mm -hmm. so a lot of times i will be in atlanta um a lot of times now i'm like i fly out today to the uk because they have seen a uk out there so mm -hmm. they have like this whole system that goes around and it, it requires me to be on site i can work remotely but there is that there's something about having communication between someone right in front of you right. and over the phone or working remotely. Right, right, right. You know, you it's like hands on. Yeah, it's more hands on. Yeah. You you have a better perspective of things. Mm -hmm. So this is why I travel a lot more. So nice. So going back to your bartending days, how long were you doing that for? I started bartending pretty much when I started university. So okay. it would be two thousand. So that was near your campus at a random bar, and then so uh, how it all started is uh, when me and the scene first started school, we quickly established ourselves as the loud, charismatic <laughs> ones, <laughs> believe it or not, and uh, we met some friends, and it all it all started with us complaining about OSAP not giving us money. Okay. And then it translated to us being friends, and then it translated to us finding notes from previous years on the midterms coming up and then mm -hmm. we built our networking but it all came back to us two being the central point right so i met these two guys that worked at this place called riley's riley's uh junction mm -hmm. which was the spot in oshawa at the time okay started off as a buster there and then um i kept going to st louis quite a bit and then i went became a buster there and then it having a loud or very charismatic or obnoxious personality led to like hey we want you to be a bartender <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not so that translated to me being a bartender at st louis which is right across from the campus mm -hmm. there was like a music hall that worked there and then when i was at the music hall one of the security guards knew a manager at this place called anko mississauga right which I've been to several times in like summertime, Wednesday patio, it was just nuts. Mm -hmm. And then, so I got to there and then I, I have this thing where I need to work my way up. I, right. I don't want to go into that. I like working my way up. So I started off as a buster there, then became a bar back, mm -hmm. one of the main bar backs. And then when I expressed that I have bartending experience, they're like, Jack, can you help in? So that translates to me be a bartender. Mm -hmm. And then we had this, uh, manager that came in named travis travis he was exposed to a lot of higher brands like international brands like the soho's uh nice nobu's uh marquis and uh he exposed me to the toronto scene mm -hmm. so he got me into soho and again same deal when i was at soho i became a barback and then barback bartender bartender that, and then once so what's the difference between a bar back and a bartender for those people who don't know? So a bar back, I put it as he is essentially the mother of the bar. The he mother, has okay. to supply the bartender with everything they need so they okay. can do their job. So when it comes to getting ice, stocking the fridges, mm -hmm. making sure I have the liquors, mm -hmm. the bartender is the, the server. server. Okay. You come up, I want a drink, you talk mm -hmm. to the bartender. Okay. Right? That's that's essentially the, the difference position. I think bar back and bartender should be the same position. It's mm -hmm. just, again, they just have that one extra responsibility, right. you know? So um, from there, uh, once you're in that Toronto, uh, uh, what's it called? It's a group or a little community. community of, yeah. Thank you. 
community. It's, you know, this person, this person, he can get mm -hmm. you into there. It becomes word of mouth and your work ethic really determines if you're a fit or not. Right. So a lot of times with bartending, it really comes to, it, I believe it's, not, the skill will come. Okay. The knowledge is there. Mm -hmm. It's, does your attitude and personality meet or match what this venue is trying to portray? So attitude and personality in what sense though? So like so, while you're working at Soho. So, okay, you? perfect example. So when I was at Soho, uh, I met my buddy Elliot. Mm -hmm. He worked with the Chase Hospitality Group. Okay. So they own places like Casamoto. Casamoto Patio is terrific. Like one of mm -hmm. the best spots in the summer. The Chase, which is uh, in the financial district on the fifth floor, rooftop mm -hmm. patio. So the difference in like an attitude is that Soho House, you have more artistic creative mind people and okay. you can see that because you have to be a member to get in okay where you look at the chase you see more corporate more mm. celebrity like status that right, kind right, of right, right. designation of people's tend to them now in my case i went to school for engineering mm -hmm. i have probably a better time talking to someone that's more corporate and business and right. project oriented than someone that talks artistic right i don't know what we talk <laughs> about like I, there's been times where there's art classes and they talk about artists i'm like i've never heard of this man this is at the soho this is at soho uh, yeah i actually didn't know they do things like that but i have met a couple of people where they have it's like a creative place where people go to work and that's the thing so yeah. You so one thing you're not allowed to have a suit and tie. There's no they don't uh, promote suit and ties in the club. You can't wear a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a lot of classes and you a lot of times you see a lot of again artistic people there. Mm -hmm. You see them working on a novel, writing a novel. Right. And I'm like I and I can't. So going back to my point, I can't comment on that. So this is like a high end like coffee shop style vibe or yeah during the okay. day yeah, like yeah there's different floors yeah to it. Um, you have a restaurant that's on the second floor. Third floor is like a private space. Mm -hmm. Summertime, you have the rooftop patio. And then nice. they just have the main room in the set. Yeah, sorry to derail you off your main point. But yeah, so you said you had to cater yourself to either creative vibes or the corporate. Yeah, so again, it just goes back to my point saying like your personality is a big factor on mm -hmm. the venue you work at. Okay. So I am not an artsy to any degree. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. You know what? Like you talk about scripture, sculptures, and I'm like, I'm out. Okay. But you talking projects and business right. and that kind of mindset. I'm like, you can relate. Solving. I yeah. can relate. I mm -hmm. have. I could talk. You know, and that's why I moved into like the Chase Hospitality Group. Nice. And I've been there ever since. So you're still working there. I still work there. Um, it's just when you work in the industry for so long, you. You, it's hard to get out of it and then mm -hmm. so many different reasons one it's it's good money one either way you look at it it's really good money in uh, terms of um just work hours or tips and six everything. hours and yeah. you make let's say 300 bucks for a shift right for six hours that's actually pretty unheard good. of right, right 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 unheard of right and also like for me i have like personal like goals and dreams that i want to open up my own space mm -hmm. my own bar one day how mm -hmm. and what it looks like to be determined mm-hmm so having one foot in the door, right, it helps out a lot. And the fact that you're projecting that into the future, you're kind of keeping an eye out for what you want. Yes, to. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, the does it conflict with my day job? Yeah. <laughs> Is it hard? Yeah. 
but mm-hmm. again it's just it, it comes down to like you know what you want and you just gotta yeah, work when it comes it. to those uh, dreams and visions nothing is impossible as long as you know that you have the potential of attaining those things and that's why like you and amongst like our other core group of friends why we're so blessed because we're all go-getters in that sense yeah we never settle we never get comfortable we're always like okay hey, what's next we've got this what's next we got this there's never a comfort zone where it's like all right, i can kick back and relax it's always in a way like a good stress like yeah, being stressed yeah. in a good way having anxiety and like that unease in a good way but that's the city life at the end yeah of the day. I, and, and you're right um what's what differentiates our core group of friends is that i believe that our work ethic is mm-hmm. like something that you don't find in everybody else mm-hmm. so you, you see a lot of people like yo i want to work all summer i want to make that money nine 20 hours a day i'm <laughs> like all right but then when it comes down to it yeah it's just talk exactly and like you say you want to work but I, you don't do anything for it mm-hmm. so so what do you think makes those type of people versus the latter um, do you think it's nature versus nurture upbringing because or I do you think, think you're just, just a, born into it it's just one thing like i can't speak on someone else and right. why they do that or right, right, why right. They, they they can't put up like, like from your life experience what makes for you me who so you are like one as a person there's two front there's two ways i look about this yeah. like so to give you perspective yeah i've been i've done this and i'm gonna do this this upcoming week i'm going to fly right to the uk mm-hmm. i'm going to land noon friday and i'm going to go to the chase for a closing bar mm-hmm. shift mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when i tell people that they're like you're nuts right. how, how do you do that you're crazy mm-hmm. and so on one front i'm like i get a thrill from that that rush to be like i could do something that the average motherfucker can't do yeah like, like yeah, i know that motherfucker crazy yeah how you do this yeah. that's how you get that thrill that rush from it mm-hmm. and on another front is that I have things I have to accomplish. Like I have goals I have to meet. Mm-hmm. So working that extra bar, two bar shifts a week, I can put away this much money. Right. I can save money to do renovations for my place. For example, that's something I have. That's a project that I'm working on mm-hmm. right now for my place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so that it's understanding that I have these goals and objectives I have to meet. Mm-hmm. So I have to put in those crazy hours understanding yeah. that but where where does the work ethic itself come from like where what was the did, was there a catalyst moment where you're like you know what i have this understanding that if i put this many um again i can't sp- i'll speak on what catalyzed it got it going for me yeah for you. when i go through rough times mm-hmm. like whether it be girlfriend breakup or ex anything <laughs> any one of those like that that are emotionally draining right, to you right 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 I feed off of other people's like energy. energy. So okay. the best way I could do that was, and again, I work myself to the bone to want to be distracted and to be continuously surrounded by people. Okay. And then when you do that so many times, it just becomes a part of who you are. Okay. So for me, I went through some things in my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't want to be around all day moping and crying and so then i was like you know what? i'm just gonna work got I put it. my head down work i got distracted and then you, you know? realize that the fulfillment and the growth associated with that yeah and then it just became a process. thing that's cool i can respect that i feel the same way in many uh aspects in what you said in terms of putting your head down and just grinding away um but no you, you realize when you do that 
like you you are becoming a better individual like a stronger version of yourself but at the same time like you mentioned whatever goals and aspirations you have you become yeah. closer to attaining those because of the work that you're putting in and sticking to saying like i'm gonna do this it's like proving to yourself like uh I'm, i said i'm gonna do these things and, and also, I'm going i'll be honest also when you it's just the petty side of you is like oh mm -hmm. i want you to know what you missed out on if it mm -hmm. would be like a girlfriend mm -hmm. breaking up with you or someone doing you dirty like mm -hmm. i want you to be like oh damn i messed up right you know so there is that i'm not gonna lie a little bit of pettiness to it okay so. do you have people that like you look up to in a way when it comes to lifestyle choices or are you just like a i don't lone look, wolf i, I want to <laughs> say lone wolf All i want right. to say i look up to people um i just like to be in a position where if there's something i like mm -hmm. i can get it you right. know um and that's it and then also it's like i want to i have i'm like i'm a i want to be in a situation where if i'm at a table mm -hmm. i got this right and with no worries in the world right mm -hmm. without expecting anything in return from anybody mm -hmm. i'll make that clear i just want to be in that position mm -hmm. so what i get from this is like just as i'm projecting myself in the situation too is like some leaders they have for example father figures yeah like is your pops, yeah, oh, my, uh, yeah and it, my <clears throat> dad is probably like my biggest role model so there you go right when it comes to taking care of people and having no cares and stuff like that and being that stoic type of grounded person yeah. usually people have strong so father figures. you asked me what what's what, what was the question you asked me what drives you to do work or right, right, right. stuff like that, that. so in one sense i look at it it's like i want to be that guy that I can get whatever I want, but at mm. the same time, again, I want to be that stoic, heroic figure amongst right. the people. Right. So that's how I see it. Yeah. And then, but as I say, is your father someone who influences you in the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis, like family-wise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my father um, is, I think, I aspire to be half the man he is. Okay. And and the way he conducts himself, the way he articulates, the way just speaking. Mm -hmm. to people on its own and i've been in instances with him where he'd be talking and i've never seen a group of people so engaged, engaged and focused and like that is respect right you know and then to, and when i speak I, I want that kind of level of respect right right not right. i'm not just i demand it i work for it mm -hmm. but to have that it says a lot about the person that's speaking. Mm -hmm. um, my father, I, the things he's done, and like I, I, he's again. I want to be half the man he is if I could ever be the. Mm -hmm. He's the epitome of the man I want to be. Nice. So speaking of uh, being a bartender, do you have any crazy stories? Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that you'd man. like to share, obviously, nothing too. Man, it's just like being a bartender. It's like. Cause it's a wild lifestyle. Right? It's 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 a wild lifestyle. It's a just in terms of who, the environment, right? Like when people are. So when I when people when I say bartending, they mm. there's there's always different bartenders. There's right. like your club bartenders mm -hmm. that was like yo head down, pump it, and let's get those tips, mm -hmm. right? 
there's cocktail bartenders mm. that they they enjoy their craft you know right. they uh, they made this seven ingredient cocktail that tastes amazing that mm-hmm. so knowing you i know you've dabbled in a little bit of everything uh yeah i've pretty much put my foot <laughs> in every style of bartending you can think right. of i i'm not gonna say cocktail as much because i right. i've been exposed to it but it mm. was never my front mm. man um stories it's i think one of the Funniest stories I have was I was uh, working at the Chase mm-hmm. and I had a gentleman named Chris. Chris was a rep for Southern Glaciers. Southern Glaciers is a distributor of premium liquor. Mm-hmm. And he came in one day and he had a group, a big group of people, and uh, I'm seeing like espresso martinis, some no cream, some creamy, mm-hmm. uh, double like tequila shaking knee and then i'm like i'm looking at these i'm like this same damn table i'm gonna go see what's going on here and they're right. just having they're celebrating i'm like i want to know why they're celebrating mm-hmm. so as he's leaving this that uh he comes up to me i'm like, I was like Yo, what's going on tonight man like i've known him from over the years and i'm like what's going on i was like and he comes up to me it's cash from the weekend's birthday okay text me if so I can send you an address and I'll get you in. I'm like, all right, whatever. It was the end of a long week. I texted him. Nothing. I'm like, all right, whatever. So bars closed. I'm just going to go home. This is mm-hmm. where I lived on King of Spadina. Okay. So walking through the chase in the summertime was like most like calm and interesting walk ever. Because at one time it was decompressing, but at the same time entertaining because I'd see someone pass out on the floor. I'm like, ooh, you know, you're off to a bad start to your night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm leaving. I get a call from Jordan Les. Jordan Les, he was a uh, beverage director at the time, and from Chris. And I'm like, did you leave? Did you leave? Did you leave? I'm like, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, we forgot our Don Julio 1942, six bottles of it upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I need you to get it and bring it to me. I'm like, oh. All right, sure. Mm-hmm. So I go back upstairs, I get them, and like Chris, okay, I'm I'm calling you an Uber. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I get in an Uber. I have no idea where I'm going, mind you, mm-hmm. not a, the slightest clue. <laughs> and I'm driving. I'm like more east end now. There's like a warehouse out there. Okay. And this warehouse, I see a massive line. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two types of lines. Mm-hmm. There's the general admission, and then there's VIP. Right. So I get out holding six bottles of tequila mm-hmm. and uh one of the, i forgot her name she works for chris she's like are you jad i'm like yeah yeah I was like, oh my god you you saved us mm-hmm. what, like oh you don't understand you really <clears throat> saved us i'm like what did I, I don't know what i've done yet right i have no idea so i'm walking through security guards like hey, he's like no no he's with us he's saving us and i'm like so i walk through and there's this door it's like again it looks like it's like a carpet like this is vip entrance mm-hmm I look straight ahead and there's like this black curtain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck's behind the black curtain? Mm-hmm. And then there's another room. So I'm holding six boxes, I make a left into this like dress room area where there's like seven strippers. What the fuck? And weed everywhere. <laughs> and I look at myself like, I made it in life. <laughs> I made it to the promised land. All right. And then I drop the tequila and cash comes in. I'm like, okay, damn it, it wasn't for me. All right. And the lady, she gives me a bottle of tequila like this is for you for all your uh oh no she gave you first, an entire bottle of tequila she gave me, i'm like ah, what the hell am i like yeah. doing a whole bottle of tequila i'm just the emergency booze boy at the, yeah. what it looks like all right 
So, so now we're gonna go walk towards that that curtain. <laughs> so what the hell's behind that? Right. I open this curtain and I see this massive warehouse full of people full mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. and then like on one side you have like the exo crew with like vip with a bunch of girls Ooh, whatever mm -hmm. and then when i when the, when the curtain opened everyone just looked at me <laughs> i'm like i ain't no one special <laughs> just holding one bottle i'm just holding a bottle of tequila <laughs> and i started walking through the crowd and like i see some of like my old like friends and the girls at hog at <laughs> earlier and they come up oh Joe, what are you doing i'm like be gone peasant be yeah. gone this is my time all right <laughs> you know I'm, embracing I'm, I'm the, in the limelight yeah i'm yeah. like everyone's like i'm like I take snaps and all, all this I'm like Joe, where the hell are you and i'm talking i don't know where i am <laughs> i don't know and i didn't even think twice to look at like google maps or my location mm -hmm. so chris comes up to me shows me mad love this that and he's like and he takes me to an area of the stage, or this area of the warehouse, where mm -hmm. he's like, Jad, just stay here. Mm -hmm. And uh, all this is, everyone's going to come here eventually. I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, I'm like, I'm standing here, and like, I'm still with a couple people. Everyone is in who? Like, I, I went by myself. Okay. But then, uh, like, some people that I knew, like, I was like, I know you guys, any friends or something. Okay. Figure out what the fuck's going on. Right, right, That's right. what it, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I knew mm -hmm. it was a birthday. Whose birthday? I don't know who cash is. Mm -hmm. Nor do I care. Right. I have a bottle of tequila and I'm not drinking mm -hmm. it by myself. <laughs> so I like give shots and then Chris comes up and he's like, man, thank you so much. He gives me a bottle of Moe. Like, this is for you. So you have two bottles now. Nah, two, two bottles. Two bottles in the collection. And in front of me, there's like the stage with stripper poles. I'm like, I see why the strippers are here. Right. They're not here for me. Mm-hmm. And then I see the strippers come out. Cash is like this big like show with sparklers, mm -hmm. like really limelight on him. Everyone comes this way. So the champagne that I got, I gave it away to two girls. Like here, have it. And Chris mm -hmm. comes up like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, "That was for you." I'm like, "Dog, I have a bottle of tequila and champagne. Like, right. like I, I'm not drinking all this." Right. So it comes out and I drops a Remy via SOP right in my hand he's like i dare you to give that to somebody else i'm like say less i'm not gonna remember tonight so bottle number three acquired but yeah <laughs> and i missed a 15 minutes <laughs> so i uh and then so everyone comes here and then there's a little platform right behind me so i step up mm -hmm. and like music i think like travis uh scott was there belly 88 glam and then i'm like Filming all this and still trying to tell, figure out what the hell I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. And I look to my right and I see the weekend. Right. He's literally right beside me mm -hmm. wearing a hospital mask. <laughs> what the fuck? I have a video of this. Okay. And uh, I'm like, yeah. is that the weekend? Right. And I, did, it's, I never had no hate for the guy. Mm -hmm. I liked his music, but then his music just went whiny for me. <laughs> and I'm looking at him, I'm like, Damn, this guy's the biggest bum I've ever met. <laughs> In what sense? Man, it was like, he was wearing a hospital mask yeah. to cover his, mm -hmm. like, jaw-clenching mouth with all the drugs he did. Yeah. Well, I feel like when you reach that level of status... Yeah, that, it that's, comes with it, right? In that environment, that's what comes with it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, so then, like... Strippers everywhere, fake money being thrown, mm -hmm. I'm drinking. Long story, I'm like... I drank quite a bit and I woke up home and then 
when you post certain things on social media, mm. the next day, everyone's like, what the hell did you do? And I'm just like, I don't know. I was just the emergency booze boy. Yeah, there was a couple of years where you kept popping up in random situations. Like, I remember you were being interviewed at, uh, what was it, Onyx, the barber shop? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so it was like this scenario, then like so, maybe yeah. two, three weeks later, we see you on CP24. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, man, what's going on with Jack? I have this fucking odd, like, <laughs> peculiar lifestyle. Like, it just stupid things happen to me, and it's just very entertaining for people. Yeah. So I think it was Trump had just, it's 2016. Trump had just won mm. the election. He's going to be the president <laughs> of the United States. Right. My dumbass was hung over from the night before and I was getting a ha haircut. Yeah. And some lady comes up to me and she's like, uh, do you mind if we do an interview with you? So this is at a barbershop out of all places. The I Onyx, had a barbershop, yeah. Onyx barbershop. Downstairs? Downstairs on Young Street, uh, right after... It was south of like Dundas Square, yeah. Yeah, south of Dundas Square. She comes up to me, she's like, what's your background? I'm like, I'm Lebanese, like Arab. I'm like, are you Muslim? She's like, yeah. She's like, perfect. I'm like, are you Muslim? Perfect. <laughs> so then she asked me questions and I'm like, are you, she's like, do you feel uh, concerned or threatened about Trump? Trump? Yeah. I'm like, and I told her, I don't even remember my response, but so I tried what? to say something like very stoic and heroic or I don't know. I'm like, honestly, it doesn't matter to me, but yeah. having someone in his position, mm -hmm will bring to light all of the evils in the world whether it be the stereotypes mm -hmm. the religions the people who talk a certain way it'll bring it to light mm -hmm. and i look hung over as hell mm -hmm. and i had the interview and then i'm like there's no way in hell they're gonna broadcast this mm -hmm. two days later you see me <laughs> on cp24 concerned muslim like, i never said i was concerned yeah yeah, concerned, <laughs> concerned era, whatever. I'm like, I ain't concerned for shit. And I'm just like, I'm just getting roasted for it. Right. Um. I, yeah, it's just like I always end up in these funny situations that like people. It would love. be funny to add the fucking video link to that that uh, CP24. Clip. I'm sure. It's, I'm it's, sure it's somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah. It's somewhere. It's concerned gonna, Muslim. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell. Um, and I like uh, another like every now and then we do uh, I've worked a lot of like after parties mm -hmm. so um, I uh, one year I went to OVO I had I had a night off which was mm -hmm. absurd and something new for me so I went to OVO mm -hmm. and then I get a call I was working at Casanova at the time mm -hmm. in the summer and uh, I get a call and I'm like you know you, you go to these concerts you have a little wave you know a little mm -hmm. feeling nice and tipsy we need you to work. I'm like, okay, when? Tomorrow? I'm like, no, midnight tonight. I'm like, what the hell? This is why you're at OVO today. This is why I'm at OVO. I'm mm -hmm. like, what the hell do we have going on mm -hmm. at midnight that mm -hmm. I need to come feeling like this? He's like, I am a liability. Mm -hmm. We want you to work. Turned out it was going to be the OVO after party. <laughs> Did they tell you that in the, no. at the time? No. They're like, you must be there. I'm like, mm -hmm. fine, sure. So it's... In Bar, Bar Moto, it's like the private dining in Casamoto. And then next thing you know, you have Popcorn there, mm -hmm. French Montana, mm -hmm. Drake, mm -hmm. Yana, all these celebrities. And again, it's confidential. I can't post anything on it. Mm -hmm. But they can't. <laughs> right. These guys, these fuckers, party till 8 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I had a shift at 10 a.m. the next day. Jeez. So I'm slump-faced, like, droop-eyed. I'm like, can you guys leave so I can leave? <laughs> 
So, Popcon, I, he, I, I can't find the video anymore. He was in a, he was doing like a video with Drake. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then in the you, background. Yeah, <laughs> you see my slumped ass in the background, just miserable. <laughs> And then from that, like again, yeah. people saw it and they just roasted it for me. And, then, <laughs> you know, and like I always end up in these odd situations. And people think I have like this, this lifestyle. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just I'm there. <laughs> oh it's actually pretty crazy though. But that's just the type of energy and vibe you bring, like in general. Like you're very loving, welcoming, and like up yeah, positive, I, right? So that's probably why you end up in these situations in terms of I guess. getting to know all of these unique and diverse people that put you in these <laughs> situations. <laughs> yeah, man. I, just think I, I don't want to be that guy that's considered like, mm-hmm. oh, he's always in a bad mood complaining, you know? And then I'm the type mm-hmm. of character, I'll show you love and all my efforts, but. Mm-hmm. You get so many strikes that I, that's I back off it. So it really. Right. No, I understand that completely. So right now, in terms of your life and goals and aspirations, what do you have projected for you in the future? Like. Um, I've got right now. So I just bought property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm putting a lot of my uh, focus on that. Mm-hmm. I want to see if I could take that investment and blooming to something more where i don't have to work as much as i do right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. what i even though i can do it right now it's not sustainable it's not healthy right and then I, when i say healthy i mean that across the board whether it be physically mentally socially mm-hmm. and when i socially like i know over the years i've disconnected from a lot of my friends because i've just been in a hustle i've just been in a hustle mode right and you know who you're true friends are when even though mm-hmm. you're not there at every function you're there every now and then they still show you the same love that mm-hmm. as if you were there every time mm-hmm. so and that's when i start thinking about it there's like there is nights where like i have a night off and i'm just like i don't know who to text man and it's right. like, well, but i'm also too tired to do anything right 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 i know you that know? feeling too, to be you honest know? yeah so you have you get in these mixed emotions so yeah. and that so for like me i'm at a point in my life where i'm gonna keep working the way i am but mm-hmm. i want to reach a point where oh you have more of a balance and yeah. i never i never i thought i was gonna work like this till the day i dropped mm-hmm. right but i was like it's just not it's not healthy and i want to be more engaging mm-hmm. no like i can definitely see you as one of the brothers that like once we're older you'll have a lot of things established in terms of yeah. Not having to worry about financial situations. It's not even about financial yeah. situations. Yeah. Like I mean, the way I having see... that freedom. Of like, yeah, yeah, it's good to have, like, the way I see it, and I tell these people, that I tell everyone that I know that when it comes to money, right, you're always going to have financial pressure. Always. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are in the world, there's always a bill to be paid. There's always, like, there's always right. something. Right. The best you can do is understand that and mm-hmm. work off it. And then right. I want to work my ass off so that if I make it, to the top, wherever the top is, or whatever that, like, yo, everyone coming up with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I portray that with every, everything I do. So, like, if there's a project that I can incorporate everyone in, I'm like, guys, hey, we got some here. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Go from there. So, that's 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 my mentality. And I'm slowly working towards that, man. This is dope. But, yeah, brother, I appreciate you for coming on here. You're one of the, like I said, core members of the familia. Yeah, man. It's... And we're all... Uh, I guess in a way like 
leaders and strong men in that sense where we motivate and inspire other people is even when we're not trying to yeah and like with so. the core that we have and mm -hmm. you look at our core friends the core friends each one of us has a skill set or mm -hmm. personality that's very different from another but very contributing right right it's like a diverse community of, yeah yeah and that's how it should be yeah right? yeah like we don't knock anyone's hustle mm -hmm. but at the same time we call you out on your shit exactly We're i know honest. i know yeah, yeah. i know i've been called out yeah you know we've all been called out to a certain degree but at the same time when it comes to that kind of stuff it's like that's how you know who your genuine friends yeah. are like if if we all pretend smiles and stuff when you know someone's being a fucking dick or whatever yeah. You're not gonna go far with those people. I don't know. It's like even for example, like sometimes I'll bump into so like even they're not. I'm not tight with them. They'll have something in their teeth or something in their nose. I'll be like, yo, take that. You have boogers in your yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, oh shit, like nobody would have mentioned that. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, they're yeah. not your true friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care what you think if I tell. But I'm like, if I, if you were my good friend and I had something in my teeth or my nose and I'm you walking around that? interacting with them and you didn't tell me that I had something yeah, like that yeah, going yeah, on, yeah, yeah. it's like how can I trust you in that sense? Yeah. So that's like on a smaller scale but on a larger scale when it comes to calling people out on their shit in terms of not from a perspective of like demeaning or throwing them under the, but more of like yo you're better than this like yeah we've grown together we've had all these experiences and then that the love and yeah, the appreciation for those friends just grows Even exponentially if like, like amongst our crew my my level of conversation is very minimal with right. a lot of the guys but it's efficient and mm -hmm. You know what it's well as we're growing older too it's the same thing people are becoming more a little bit more disconnected but like you mentioned before like we sit down we pick up from where we yeah. left off because we understand that everybody's in the grind mode um but that's the city life for you shabby man he just yeah. got even though i haven't talked to him in weeks if i post right. something i know he might trick me for something right, right, right you right. know it's just i know he's gonna be there one way yeah. or another so yeah it's it's just i'm in a time in my life mm -hmm. where i'm looking to be balanced mm -hmm. across the board and it's it's hard to get balanced when mm -hmm. you go at 100 miles an hour 24 7 right you're used to that pace yeah so i'm trying to adjust like again going from flying coming into the country going straight to a closing bar ship that's not healthy and i know mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. but i set myself up for that right so i don't know you seem to enjoy it to be honest yeah yeah, yeah like when people call me crazy in that front like i just got a second win yeah you're one of the amigos that does like five different jobs at once yeah, one like, yeah i worked 200 hours this week it's like what <laughs> did you sleep i mean is, does a nap count <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, thank you so much for coming on thank the podcast you, i appreciate you, you as a person i love you very much as a brother it's all love bro much you know respect. how it is